Hello and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Fairman. As always, I'm alongside... Brian Balsiver. Ryan, we suck at our jobs. I'm great at my jobs. It's just this I struggle with. You see, what y'all don't understand is high school is easy. When you're in high school or you're taking a gap year, such as Ryan, things are easy. You can find the time to do stuff, which we weren't great at that to begin with. But now we're in college. That's a whole different animal. Oh, it's... And this is the calm part of my course. Things haven't even gotten bad for me yet. Well, I overslept the most important exam of my college career today. So, to date, to date. But I uh, begged like crazy and was able to take it late and didn't do too bad. Do you know the result yet or are you still waiting? Uh, I know I made at least an 80, so... Darn, okay. It was better than the class average. That's before you take into account the things that the professor has to grade. Not a, yeah, not too bad walks it with minimum 80. Okay, yeah, not too bad. All right, all right, all right. You'd be like that, but we're not here to talk about college. As crazy as that sounds, I only mention it because I'm now recording from my very nice dorm which means the hallway right next to me may have some echoing voices that our listeners kind of just have to put up with. And as for me, I'm I'm still in my house. I got, I got no interesting stories on that one. It's community college. They don't have dorms. Oh, well, however, we are now just two college kids. You're about to talk about NFL football and it's the start of week five, if I'm not mistaken. So Ryan, what are you looking, what are you looking forward to out of this week? I'm looking forward to the Cowboys being the team that doesn't disappoint me because I can't trust the Steelers not to do that. Yeah, remember last year when they were like what, 11 and 0, 13 and 0, something like that. You remember when I said on this podcast that I knew exactly what was coming and was right? That's like which time? You do that a lot. Every time. Every time I said anything negative about this team, I was right. All right. Well, quite frankly, let, let's just get our listeners up to date real quick. We have some surprises in the standings. Nonetheless, here we are with the top of each division are as followed. AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. AFC North, the Bengals have a slight edge over the Ravens because they've actually played a divisional game. They have a 3-1 to one record with Joe Burrow proving to be who they wanted him to be. The Tennessee Titans lead a terrible AFC South division with a 2-2 two and two record, but they're 1-0 in division play. The AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers, followed by the Raiders, both have a 3-1 and one record with that one loss for Vegas coming within the division, while the Chargers are 2-0, and oh, which is also very scary. The biggest downfall of the AFC West is actually the Chiefs. We'll get there. For the NFC East, who saw it coming? The Dallas Cowboys topped that division with a 1-0 record and their only loss of the season in an opening week matchup against Tom Brady. For the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers are 3-1 and 1-0 and in division with Aaron Rodgers trying to return to MVP form. NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers are exactly tied with one another and their first matchup of the season will be an interesting one. And lastly, for the NFC West, the Cardinals taking the league by storm. The last remaining undefeated record are 4-0, and followed by a very 
very good Los Angeles Rams team whose only loss was a very, very close loss to Arizona. So now you're kind of up to date on where we stand heading into week five for episode one of what season is it, Ryan? The second season. The second season of the Two Dudes Football Podcast, and we thank you all for listening. Better, Better late than never, right? Better late than never. But here we are, and hopefully we'll be able to be a little bit more consistent with this. We're going to look at trying to do one, I think, every two weeks, probably feasible, if we can just find the time somehow. But nonetheless, here we are, season two opener. Ryan, you've just hopped into the matchups for this week? This past week or this coming week? This coming week. I'd say we can get right into that. All right. Well, let's start out with the Thursday night game, which we are recording this on a Thursday, but still Rams versus Seahawks, Ryan. Well, I think what we got to do here is talk a little bit more in depth about both of these teams as we go on, sort of as hit, hit them as they come. And I think we can all agree that the Seahawks this year have not really been that impressive. I mean, man, they'll have some games where they look like they're world beaters, and then the next thing you know, they just don't perform. And I'm not counting on that against a Rams team that has shown that they can be really dominant with Matt Stafford, who there were some questions about whether or not he could get it done on a real team. Those questions, you can argue, won't be answered till playoff time, and that's fine. He's had a heck of a debut in L.A. Cooper Cup's probably been one of, if not the best receiver in the league this season. And this team lying high to start. I mean, if I'm making a prediction, which I don't know, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that or not, but I would take the Rams. Yeah, I was going to go ahead and make a prediction whenever I talked about these teams. The Seahawks intrigued me because their defense is playing terribly this season. And when you look at them by roster, they don't have a terrible defense. But Russell Wilson has the best QBR in the league right now. He is playing lights out football. He's almost MVP caliber, but the problem is this defense is holding them back. They are the NFC version of the Chiefs, and ironically, both teams have a 2-2 and record. But we'll get there when we get there, I guess. I wonder if you think – do you think I'm a little salty right now? I'm not. Um, As far as this Rams team goes, I would just dare say, given what we know so far, a quarter of the way through – almost a quarter of the way through the NFL season – Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in football. You heard it here first. He's the Devontae Adams of this year. He's not as quick as Tyreek Hill, but he doesn't need to be. He's getting the job done, and he and Matthew Stafford are in sync. So keep this receiving core healthy. I like the roster they have now, and the defense has always been amazing. I don't see how Seattle can win this one, despite the fact that Russell Wilson has never lost a Thursday night game at home which is kind of interesting if you're into that type of st- uh, statisticness. Is that a word? It can be for this. For this, statisticness is a word. Um, any, any other comments on the, on the Rams or Seahawks? Um, I don't really think so. I think the one thing I'd advise, um, I feel like the Rams are going to really have a game in the near future where they under – they underperform what they should, but I, I don't think it's this week. I'm just not so sure what Seattle is this year. Russell Wilson's having his good first eight weeks before the rest of the season has collapsed. Yeah, the only problem is those first good eight weeks start out with a two and two record. So they're going to have to start an uphill climb. And what intrigues me 
about the Seahawks once again. I, I've said that I said that phrase twice now. A promise is not a crutch, but I'm just genuinely intrigued. Uh, the Seahawks remind me of a team that could start out kind of iffy, and then before you know it, look out. They're nine and two, or they're seven and two, and they're making a push for the playoffs. They kind of like the Titans of years past. They have the talent to do that, but and I hate to ask the question. Why haven't they been able to do that? Because they're only four weeks into the season. Yeah, but it's not like it's a this year thing. It's a last year thing. Well, they weren't bad last year. Weren't they? I mean, look, we watched them walk into the playoffs and said with absolute certainty that they were not going to do well. We said they would win at least one game, and they literally couldn't even do that. Let's let's be honest here. When's the last time the Seahawks have lived up to their expectations? It's been a long time. And I, I'm starting to question the process that goes into that team. I'm starting to question the man making the calls. Because at some point, a team with the talent that they have, you just have to get it done. And I, uh, man, they haven't, and they haven't for a long time. Not the way that I feel like they can. Their potential is way better than their gameplay right now. We're going to see what comes of it. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying fire Pete Carroll four games into a season by any means, but if it ends the way it started, I think, I think then you have to have that conversation. I really do. Well, here's a fun fact for you as I segue into a different game. Rookie quarterbacks are 0-4 when playing in London. What's more surprising to me is that four times a rookie quarterback has played in London. But here we are, and the Jets take on the Falcons, both 1-3, and both trying to prove something rising from the ashes of their previous disaster seasons, and neither one off to a great start. But the Jets getting an overtime win against the Titans last week to put themselves for the first time this season, and we could argue in a long time, in the win column. While the Falcons have kind of flown under the radar, no pun intended. So, what do you think about this matchup, Ryan? I don't know if you saw the stat where where the Jets led for about two minutes in that win, and that's the only lead they've had all season. That is the only lead they've had all season. That team is not great. Um, You know, Zach Wilson's had a lot of up and downs, but he hasn't necessarily been bad. We knew this team wasn't going to be very good, and they're not very good. You know who knew the Falcons were going to be very good? Literally everyone except for the Falcons. What a predictable outcome. And now you've used a fourth overall pick on a skill player that you don't need. Man, I I don't really know what either of these teams are doing. Like I, I, I get the Jets are rebuilding. I'm not seeing exactly what they're doing with it. And I have certainly no idea what the Falcons are hoping to do. But if I have to pick the win, I'm going to go a little bit off the rails, and I'm going to say the Jets win it. I agree. I don't think that's even off the rails. I think you have a team in the Falcons. Who do they even beat? I can't remember. Let me go look that up real quick. But literally, last year, remember when the Jets won two in a row? And I think it was the Rams and the Browns they beat. Yeah, and they like lost to the Patriots in the middle or something? Something like that. They, were, they had a a couple of good wins, but they just didn't do anything with it. And here we are, and they have a chance to do similar things. Um, 
the Falcons beat the Giants. That's their only win. Oh. The New York Giants. Yeah, that's not great. But here's something else to mention. Look at the amount of points they're putting up against every team. Against the Eagles, they put up six. And you think, that is absolutely terrible. Philadelphia's defense is absolutely atrocious. Then you have 25 points against Tampa Bay's defense. Which isn't awful. It's really not. And then you see the next week, they even win. They win week three, 17 to 14 against the Giants. And then they lose a close one to the Washington football team. Who also haven't been great this year, but they put a good amount of points against them. Taylor Heineke's proven to be okay, I would say. He's proven, let's be real, he, I mean, he had a great game against Atlanta. He's mm-hmm. a guy who can start, but probably shouldn't. Yeah, I, I would agree. And until I see something other than that, I want the Heineke hype to stop a little bit, which I know sounds weird coming from me. I was huge on this guy. I still am. He has good potential, but not in Washington. I just don't see that culture, that staff being able to do much with them. And this is the same culture that's had a really good Carolina team over when Ron Rivera was with them. You remember that? You know, took him to a Super Bowl. And then, you know, he didn't jump on the fumble. It is what it is. Um, So my actual only reason, my only reason for picking the Jets is this. Calvin Ridley's not playing. Oh, he's out. That's right. I forgot about that. He's out for a personal matter. We don't know what it is. Thoughts and prayers to him and his family uh, for whatever might be going on. But he's not playing. And he's, don't get me wrong, he's their best receiver. But he's not, like, that important in the grand scheme of the game, right? He's just one receiver? No. This is a Falcons team where one receiver not being in your lineup can absolutely change the outcome of a game. And especially if you're playing in London, like, this this is weird. But that one receiver is literally the reason I'm picking the Jets. That's fair, because again, it's it's now it's now Kyle Pitts versus the world, and good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to make a bit of an executive decision, because we're about 15 minutes in, and we've done two of the games. And the next one on our list here is the Patriots versus the Texans. I don't think we need to spend long on this one. I would agree. Um, one in three Patriots, one in three Texans, but I don't see any way the Patriots lose this game. Can I be honest? I'm gonna take the Texans because I feel like it. I feel like the Texans are just due for something very dumb to happen. I don't know if I want to like. I know this is a very dumb podcast, and we carry our weight a lot in the dumb department. But I don't see how New England loses this game after going back and forth with the Buccaneers. But that I don't know. I I. I feel like there are certain games where I look at it and I go, do I care to be the most accurate? And in this game, it's like, no. Whatever happens, happens. Go Texans. All right. Well, I don't understand that logic, but it is what it is. 
I see Bill Belichick coming out with a win, having their team go to two and three, and I'll take us to our next game, which is the Broncos and Steelers. Ryan? <sighs> You're going to make me do this? Yeah, I am. Uh, Broncos, uh, they've been decently impressive so far. Teddy Bridgewater was great till he got injured. I mean, he's he's prime Teddy Bridgewater, which is solid game manager. And Drew Locke is, um, well, he's Drew Locke. So he's got that for him. Um, Steelers apparently forgot that O-line exists and that Big Ben is old. And to punish them, I bought a Troy Polamalu jersey yesterday. You did not. Yeah, I found one for like 50 bucks at like a local like sports store. And I was like, you know what? Like, why not? So I now own a Troy Paul. It's actually my first Steelers jersey. Wow, good for you. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to see many Paul Molo jerseys, so I pulled the trigger. And now I have it. And you might be wondering, hey, you're not talking about the game predictions. Yeah, because the, the Paul Molo jersey makes me happy. I like that jersey. It makes me feel good on the inside. Watching this Steelers team does not. It makes me feel very bad. So I would just like to focus on my Paul Molo jersey. Or talk about um, Cowboys later on. That'll make me feel nice and warm inside. Basically, I'll ruin that for you. Um, we'll try. We, Ryan, we need a prediction. I'm picking the Steelers. This exactly feels like the game we win. Everyone gets their hopes up again, and then we lose two straight. All right. You ready for my pick? All right. I got the Steelers. Makes I mean, here's the thing. On paper, they should win this game. They absolutely should win this game. The fact that you have to even, like, act like it's a surprise is exactly why this team infuriates me. I hate this team. (laughs) I love them, but I hate them. I I don't think I have anything more to say on them for now. They haven't done enough for me to full rip into them. Mostly because I'm pretending that the Bengals game never happened. So with that, I, I'd say, unless you got anything to add, I think we're good to move on here. I just got to talk about the Broncos real quick because they are 3-1, and one, and their loss came to the Ravens, who, if you saw the game, it was the Ravens game pretty much the entire time. Uh, it may only have been a 16-point game, but it was more than that. It was It was a pretty good loss. And I know I'm a Chiefs fan saying this, but... Cut me some slack here. You know, I know I know what I'm talking about. And this Broncos team is a three and one team that probably, if they'd had a harder schedule, be two and two right now. If that. Yeah, so I, I picked the Steelers just because I have trust in the roster. And this isn't a terrible Denver roster, but they still have some stuff to figure out. And I'm not a huge fan of Vic Fangio. So we'll see. Um, next game, Titans in Jacksonville. What do you, what is Jacksonville doing, man? Oh my goodness. I mean, listen, I think a lot of us were a little intrigued by Urban Meyer and we were curious if it would work. No, this has been a disaster. Like Freddie Kitchens type of disaster. Like, this team has just been a mess this whole... Like I, I, Listen, I wasn't expecting much out of Jacksonville, but I was expecting something. I was expecting improvement. I was expecting football and not 
whatever videos are going online about Urban Meyer, like, oh man, like the Titans right. are this year, and I'm taking them to win. Like it's it's been that bad. Wait, do what? Titans haven't even been great that year, and I'm this year, and I'm not even gonna think about who's winning this game. It's not Jacksonville. I agree. I have Titans because Jacksonville's just terrible. There's a video that released today of the players, Trevor Lawrence leading a huddle. And uh, what did he say? How am I forgetting this now of all times? (laughs) This was funny stuff. Um, Let me find it. While I'm at it, this Titans team, two and two, we really expected more. At least I did. I did. It's not that I, I mean, I'm not super shocked at two and two. Like, I kind of assumed it would be three and one. It, it's the way that they've gone to two and two. Like, this team really hasn't been inspiring. Derrick Henry really hasn't impressed me much. It just feels like they're not a bad team, but is there anything they're doing good? I really don't feel like there is. Like it's it, it's just been that type of year so far, and they're lucky that they're in a division of terrible teams because they could walk away with this division even if they play the rest of the year this way. Yeah, well, I can't find it, but uh, Trevor Lawrence led a huddle, and they said something that was a little bit ironic. And this is absolutely terrible on me for forgetting what it is, and I feel terrible that I forgot. But I think we have—I think we have a chance now. Hang on, is this it? Do we have it here? Hold on, let's see. Give us the good news. No, we don't. Ah, whatever. I think at my job. We won't worry about it. Found it. Found it. Okay, here we go. So. The Jaguars team huddled at the end of practice, and they chanted the word grind. Oh, boy. And then the huddle broke out into a big fit of laughter. They don't respect him at all. No. And they shouldn't. you got to earn your respect. I don't know how he's earned the respect he has for himself, if he has that respect. Because he was a great college coach, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. But personal accolades, as well as, you know, how you are as a person or a family man, just put that to the wayside for a second. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. But here we are. Urban Meyer, still the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a sinking 0-4, about to be 0-5 ship. Titans should win. One last prediction before the advertisement break, Ryan. Uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about the Lions and Vikings. Lions are very bad. They are very bad. Jared Goff has been left to die. Kirk Cousins should probably win MVP so far. And the Vikings could easily be undefeated if a couple breaks had went their way. I don't think you have to ask who I'm taking. I'm taking the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings too, just on behalf of those breaks. But I want to bring something to your attention. Week (laughs) one, everyone thought the Lions could be something. Because 41 to 33 was how they lost. Week two in Green Bay, not great. Green Bay won, but it was 17 to 35. Now, here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Week three, Ravens 
come to Detroit and they win in dramatic fashion with a new NFL record for longest field goal ever made, 66 yards by Justin Tucker. Yeah. That's the walk it off. That, that's the win the game. They almost beat the Ravens. And then, pro- and then Justin Fields. Here's the problem. Um, this team has built some great fundamentals. Their offensive line is really good. And they've got some pieces to their defense. They lost Jeff Ruda for the season, which was a big loss. They don't have any skill pieces. TJ Hawkinson is probably their most skilled player. And TJ Hawkinson's a very good player, but who's after him? Nobody. This team, honestly, if they had a kept Kenny Galladay and maybe added a guy like um who Curtis Samuel, I think it was that went to Washington. I could be wrong. Yeah. I think you, so. You get those two, I think we're talking about a very different Detroit Lions team. Because let's be honest, Jared Goff is a quarterback that can will you to 500 if you give him the right stuff. He can't really will you a whole lot better than that. But he can take it to 500 playoffs if you give him really good weapons. You Mm -hmm. get nothing. You gave him an offensive line and then just went, all right, you can do the rest. I, I really think there's something in this team. I just don't think they have the talent to go with it to be competitive. Yeah, I would agree. Also, there is some sound that you're making that is just incredibly loud and, and annoying. It sounds like, I don't know, maybe you're doing something or fidgeting, but... I do not... Yeah, believe- that, that, that. I, was, I just sat down on my bed. LOL. Sit down quieter, Ryan. I'll sit down loudly in spite of you. <laughs> you're not careful. I'm just going to make one last point. We'll go into the break here. But uh, the Vikings' closest game was also the Cardinals' closest game. A 34-33 back and forth, and the Cardinals won. It was, it was a one-point game to a 1-3 Vikings team, which also barely lost to the Browns and barely lost to the Bengals. I'm telling you, man, this Vikings team is so much better than they look. They are absolutely so much better than they look, which is why it's very, very hard to not pick them at home against the struggling Lions team, I got the Vikings. I have thought you were going to go, and that's why I'm picking the Lions. Wait, you're picking the Lions? No, I thought you were about to do that, because that feels exactly like something you do. Be, you, I can just see you like, oh, yeah, it would be really hard to do that, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> it feels exactly like something you would do. And on that note, something new to Season 2 uh, we don't profit from these ads whatsoever. They're they're just a little bit, little bit of a break for everyone. You you heard a lot of football, just like a quick 15-second, 30-second ad. It's going to interrupt your feed real quick, sponsored by Anchor. And Ryan and I will be right back. And we're back. Saints at the Washington football team. That's right, folks. They still have that name, but it is what it is. Both two and two, both underperforming their expectations a little bit. Um, I would actually call this an improvement from last year for for Washington, but then again, a lot of things could have been an improvement from last year, despite the fact that they were a playoff team. Ryan, what do you think? Two teams that have felt really forgettable this year. Don't forget the Packers and the Saints played in week one, and it was a massacre. And you felt like it was like, oh, this Saints team is going to be different. No. 
not really. They kind of slid right back into their own old patterns, and uh, I don't know. Jameis has been okay. He hasn't been as good as he looked like he would be in week one, but he's been better than he was as a Buccaneer. Taysom Hill still can't play quarterback, so they're not doing that, luckily. I don't have a lot to say about the Saints, and for Washington, it's weird because they their defense hasn't been very good. It, it's kind of gotten its butt kicked at times. And, you know, that was their core strength. So the fact that they're staying 500 is probably actually a good sign on Taylor Henneke that he's able to actually hold them to some level of decency. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this defense just needs to be better than they were. If they are, they could have another win by now. So I I don't really know how to make Washington. They're very different from how they were last year, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. Yeah, I I, I agree. Talk about Taylor Henneke. I see him as, and bear with me here, the Pylon Prince. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like every single game, he's maybe five to ten yards away from the end zone, and he just takes a few steps and dives out there horizontally, reaches out past the pylon, touchdown. It's the same move over and over. He's, he's going to get himself hurt. But until he does that, it's working. And that those are the type of plays outside of the pocket that Taylor Heineke is very, very, very creative with. And it's something that I don't think enough people are really giving him credit for. Is he the answer? I don't think for this Washington team. But let's also consider this. The biggest problem, maybe the fact that he's forced out of the pocket. Is, is that, are, you, do you, are you picking up what I'm playing down? I get where you're going for. Because this is a Washington defense that is allowing the third most points per game in the NFL. That's 30 and a half points, Ryan. That's not good. But they were also one of the best defenses in the league last year. We know the potential they have. And we know that McLaurin is absolutely playing lights-out football. So there isn't a problem receiving, not even with Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, they can even establish a run game. So, what's the problem? Are we thinking offensive line redo, possibly? Or is it just oiling the team, trying to work out the kinks, and eventually they'll find their way? Because I think Washington also, if they really want it to be, could be a team that would go on a win streak. That's just me. I don't think rebuilding the offensive line is the answer, but similar to the Orlando Brown Jr. trade the Chiefs made in the offseason. You got to see if there's something like that available on the market. See if there's one guy you can get to try to shore up your team. I don't think fully redoing it is the answer. Certainly won't help them this year because they really won't be able to do it very well. Yeah. You got to look for one or two guys who you think can give you that big impact difference. And that's got to be it. Those got to be your guys. And you got to hope you can make something work there. Defensively, I don't think there's anything you can do. I really, really don't. You just have to sort of figure it out. Yeah, you got the answers in that locker room. It has to be. Do you dare think about defensive coordinator for the Reds? Uh, I'm so sorry for the football team. I'd have to watch more games. To be honest with you, I'd have to sit down and fully watch a game to be able to make that call because I ha- I haven't seen a single football team game this year. It's just, it hasn't quite worked out that way. 
So to be honest, I'd have to watch a game before I'm I'm willing to make that call. I think it's too early now anyway. I think you'd probably have to go a few more weeks. But hard question for me to answer. I don't know that I am qualified right now to answer that question. Well, do you know why I ask it? Why do you ask? Their defensive coordinator is Jack Del Rio. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that guy. He's in his second season. Last year's defense was very, very good. But to me, the old Oakland coach just – it was demotion, and you can kind of tell it was demotion. And here you are, offense supposed to be good, defense supposed to be better, and nothing's clicking. I would dare say, however, that this Washington football team at home is going to beat the New Orleans Saints. I agree with you. I'm 100% with you. How come? I just, I'm not entirely sold on the Saints as a team, and I feel like when you talk about a guy that can be rattled by some pressure, I feel like Jameis is still kind of in that category. Saints don't necessarily have all their weapons. They haven't exactly been good since they went over Green Bay. I just, I haven't been sold in this team's play enough last few weeks that all Washington needs is to break through for a quarter on their defensive side. Get one good quarter in, and then you might be able to seize control of the whole game. I agree. I I agree exactly, and that's why we're going to move on. Uh, Talk about Patriots-Texans. How about another team in that AFC East? Let's talk about the Dolphins going to Tampa Bay to take on the Super Bowl championship. Three and one Buccaneers. What do you think? Tua's got to do something at some point, don't you think? I, I think I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is going to be one of the. Or is no? Oh, is Tua injured? I thought so. Oh, is he? Oh, he. Oh, you know what? Man. I was like, "What are you oh. thinking?" Oh, it's Jacoby Brissett. Oh, oh, it's Jacoby Brissett playing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tua's not had a good go at it, man. He's he's had a rough time. I mean, they've underachieved for sure. The Dolphins have. They made a few moves in the offseason you thought would be kind of nice, but haven't really had the type of year they were hoping for. There's not much to say here. Like The, the questions on Tua are put on pause because as I remembered halfway through my sentence, he's not playing. Like You can't really judge him. But, you know, you look at a guy like Brian Flores, like, this is your ship, man. Like, this is... This is your team that you rode to 10 wins. Like, what? what is so different this year? And I, I'm not sure to that answer. I think at the end of the day, like, I, I don't really know what to say on Miami. Like, it, it's hard. Like, I don't know what to say about them. They're a very weird team. And all I can say for the Buccaneers is the Cowboys should have won the game against them. That's all I've got. That's, that's all I deserve. Well, bias aside, there's nobody winning the AFC East except for the Bills. Like, they're just not. Um, Dolphins are 1-3. Um, they're 1-1 one one within the division. Here's another interesting fact for you, though. Brian Flores, very familiar with Tom Brady's style. In fact, the Dolphins as a whole have beaten Tom Brady. Can you guess how many times? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to say for his whole career. Uh huh. I'm going to say 11. You're so close. It's 12. Oh, no. Ryan, that's double any other NFL franchise. Yeah, this Dolphins team, for some reason, always knew how to get to those Patriots teams. But this is this is more than that. This is the Dolphins knowing Tom Brady. He is familiar with them. And now they're in Florida, which means he's a little bit closer to cheat on them if he wanted to. I'm joking. Um, but here we are, and the Dolphins starting Jacoby Brissett, who was he not with Tom Brady in the locker room a few years ago at New England? Are you saying what I think you're saying right now? I have Miami. Here's my here's my only question I give you: Was it Miami knew how to beat Brady, or was it Miami knew how to beat Belichick? I would say Tom Brady. Have they, the Dolphins haven't played the Patriots this year, have they? Uh, they, they did, and they won seventeen sixteen. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know that because I don't know that there's really a formula to beat Brady because it, he's so the way he plays, he's able to sort of adapt to any specific formula. So, I don't think there's one that works over a long period of time against him. I think it's kind of whatever works that day works. I, I don't necessarily see them as Brady killers as much as I see them as Belichick killers. I guess we're going to find out. I say Brady, you say Belichick, and I'm assuming you're taking the Buccaneers. Yes, I am. I think it's going to be close. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not, you see, not, not as close as I thought it would be when Tua was playing, though. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting because those are the type of picks that get me in trouble. You know, that, that's how I that's how I fall behind on you for the guesses. And I, here's the thing: I literally, I literally picked the Texans earlier. Did I not? You did. Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty much even on that one. Well, here's another really, really good matchup. If it weren't for the Chiefs and Bills, this honestly could be Sunday night football. Packers at Cincinnati. Can we just stop and reflect on the sentence that you just said? A game involving the Cincinnati Bengals was going to be a good matchup. Have we truly hit the strangest timeline? I apparently. I felt like like the end of a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> <laughs> However, the song goes, I don't really remember. Probably good. I think I get like trademarked if I did. All right. Well, go ahead. Tell me what's your prediction and why. Uh I'm taking unstoppable Aaron Rodgers over Joe Burrow, and an, I could definitely see this game going overtime. I think it's going to be fourth quarter decided and I don't pick this as any slight to the Bengals I really don't but the, but after the first week Rodgers has just been Rodgers again um, they just had a Jalen Smith and I'm curious if he's going to play or not I would think if he signed yesterday and they don't play till Sunday that he would probably play but he'll be a big addition because I believe Zedaria Smith is out right now I, I don't know I just I could definitely see the Bengals winning there's just I've got a feeling that I should be going with the Packers and that might be recency bias with the fact that the Bengals haven't been very good till this year but I'm taking Packers 
Well, I think you can extend that recency bias a little bit. I mean, they played Tango with Jacksonville. What was it, just last week? Barely won? You mean the led by noted college star, Urban Meyer? Yeah, but they didn't have a lead until the field goal, which they walked off with. Yeah, but a win's a win at the end of the day, and this is a team that's still sort of developing, so I think those type of... If the Chiefs put up that type of win, I think we're having a different conversation. The Bengals are still sort of figuring themselves out, so the fact that they managed to win despite the adversity, I think still earns them points. I think you'll be surprised by our Chiefs conversation coming up. But are you saying the Packers are going to win that game or the Bengals? I'm saying Packers. I, I agree. Packers um, could be close, but I think it'll be probably about 10 points or so at the end. Um, another interesting one, Eagles at Carolina. Is it weird that a little – I. Uh... I'm not sure how good Carolina is. They've really left me confused. However, I know how bad the Eagles are. And that alone is enough for me to say Carolina. I think I think this could be a close game. I agree. Close game, but Carolina wins it in the end. Uh, this is a season where Matt Rule, it's, it's not make or break for Matt Rule, but we really need to see what he's made of as a coach. I, um, I think if he walks away turning Andy Dalton, and, or not, geez, Sam Darnold, I don't know where Dalton came from. If he turns Sam Darnold into a top half QB, I think his job is safe. And he's taken steps towards that already. He's not there, but he's taken steps. You're right, because the Panthers are 3-1, and one, Eagles 1-3. One and three. The Panthers have been fairly impressive. And they are tied, top of their division, right below the Buccaneers, who have a division win. Uh, the Browns versus Chargers. Now, Ryan, this is a good game. This is a good game. Here's the thing. My, part of me is saying that I want to take the Chargers, but I don't think I can. I don't think. Although, Baker's going to be playing injured. We don't know. I think he's got an issue with his shoulder. And we don't know how bad that's going to affect them. So that's going to make this game an immediate wild card for trying to make any form of predictions, trying to really get anything. He's got a partially torn labrum, and that can be really bad for him. They're going to, I think he's going to be playing, but it's, it's worrying. However, oh man, I don't know. It's... I don't I don't want to bet against Justin Herbert, but I also don't want to bet against the Browns. Oh, I um you know what? I'm gonna stick with Cleveland. I said it, and I will die by the sword with it. Yeah, yeah you will. I, I have the Chargers. Um I, I like how Justin Herbert's playing. In my opinion, he is the MVP so far. Um Kyler's a close second. Everybody wants to hype up Patrick Mahomes this year. And that's fair because he's still playing amazing. He's Patrick Mahomes. He's still playing amazing. But Patrick Mahomes hasn't been as accurate so far this season as he's been in seasons past. And he also isn't producing as much as we thought he may. The Chiefs, is, of course, have a 2-2 two and two record to show for it. I'm going to suggest to you that the Chargers win this game. And though on paper it's a good game, I think it'll end up being by probably 10 to 17 points somewhere in there. 
I could I could see it if if Baker struggles with his injury. Other than that, I don't know, man. It's it I, I don't feel comfortable betting against the Browns this week. Although both teams are very good, and I don't think that there's going to be a wrong answer after Sunday. Heading into Sunday, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a sneaky surprise for you: the Chicago Bears are two and two. They're also bad. Yeah, but they're they're two and two. Like I thought they were worse than they were. It's it's been a pretty bad two and two, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. It has not been a pretty way of getting to two and two. But you know what? Their two wins don't care what I think about them. They have two wins. And those wins coming against Cincinnati and Detroit. Need I remind you, Cincinnati's only loss so far this season has come to this Bears team in week two. They lost to a very, very good L.A. Rams team in week one. And then they got blown out by Cleveland in week three. Yeah. So what what do they do? They go to Detroit and they win 24-14, a cheeky little 10-point win to go ahead and become 2-2 two and two on season. So here we are. They are now playing the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are also a surprise team. Three and one. Very, very good Raiders team. They've been weird. Um, Carr's had himself a pretty solid year so far. I'm still not sold on Gruden as a coach, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it's been a solid start, but they had a good start last year. It's holding it down the stretch that's going to decide this team's fate. Well, so, you know how I just talked a lot of crap about the Bears, right? Yeah. I'm taking the Bears. I don't I, like you. A lot of people don't. It's okay. Ryan, I was going to take the Bears, too, and I was going to be the stupid one, but now we both have to be stupid together. I don't know if you heard the comment, um, I think it was Miles Garrett made, about how skittish that car gets in the pocket. Khalil Mack would sure love to make that happen, I'm sure. Justin Fields finally getting the reins a little bit against a not very good defense that has a pretty weak secondary. I, I just feel like losing David Montgomery really stings. But other than that, like, it just feels like a lot of these things line up for the Bears. And I'm not sure Vegas is a 3 and one quality team. I, well, I, I feel decently good about this prediction. My biggest concern about it is John Gruden, defensive mind. Head coach, but a defensive mind. And so when you have a team that is the Bears where Montgomery isn't healthy and he's out for the week, which actually hurts my fantasy team quite a bit. But nonetheless, he's not playing. How good a run game can they establish? Now, we know this is a pretty good uh, defensive line that Vegas has, but still, you want to try and set up something because otherwise you're limited to an air attack. And it doesn't really matter how good you are passing the ball. Defenses, defensive secondaries tend to catch up as the game keeps going. So, I I pick the Bears because, I, again, I don't trust the defense of Vegas. I don't think they, by any means, have a fluke. I just think Vegas is a 3-1 team. They'll end up being about 10-7 and seven or so. That's fair. I mean, they do – they have – I think it's Damian Williams is their running back this week. Noted former chief and very good. Um, also, uh, was that 
he was Super Bowl Fifty Four hero, wasn't he? Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, all the more reason to pick the Bears. All right, there we go. Um, this honestly, if this is the guy who, if you say that's who he is, I didn't know that was your backup anymore. Um, if you're telling me that's who it is, then this could totally change my view of the Bears as a whole. Um, well, they have Tariq Cohen, but he's on the PUP list right now, so no idea when he's going to be back. He was almost an eagle, don't forget. Like, they broke the trade that sent him to Philadelphia, and then it, like, fell apart. Yeah, well, that, was, that was a weird day. Damian Williams, their second string running back, will get the nod for this week in Chicago. He's played four games, 16 rush attempts for 73 yards. But keep in mind, he's playing backup level right now. But in Kansas City, when he was starting, he was playing pretty good. He started three games for 256 yards on 50 attempts and then uh, started six games in 2019, 111 yards and 498, uh, 498 yards on 111 attempts. Excuse me. This isn't terrible. He'll he'll get the job done, but I think he has the chance here to really put a hurting on Vegas and I don't know. I, I, I'm actually kind of confident in this pick. I know, right? I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, Ryan. Last pick before the next break. Giants-Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this play is guaranteed to run to the end of the season. I'm not going to tell you that it's not without some pauses for concern. But this Cowboys team finally feels like they're playing up to the talent that they have. This team, here's the thing, no matter what you think about this team, it's a talented team. Their weapons are very lethal. Um, Zeke has been their second best running back, and he's been much better than last year. This team has it working. And Dan Quinn, I was very nervous when they hired Dan Quinn. I have felt very, very good about the results so far. This Cowboys team has done wonders, and I think that it's going to continue. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to eat Daniel Jones alive. He's eaten better quarterbacks alive so far this season. So I don't think it's a bi- I don't think it's a biased pick when I take Dallas in this one. No, I don't think it's a biased pick whatsoever. I, I think Dallas is a top three team in football right now. Um. I, I, I genuinely think this will be a blowout, not even close. And I think you could see some turmoil with Daniel Jones getting the nod next week at quarterback if this game goes the way I think it's going to go. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, honestly, man, this is uh, – this this week, playing the Giants, this is a gift to you. This is God providing you with a feast, and he wants you – to eat up, get picks, get hard tackles, make an impact. Because if there was ever a week to really, really stand out, and you've stood out so far, but if there's ever a week to really stand out, this is that week. Cowboys, not even close. Also, you say that they're talking about benching Daniel Jones. I do not see them playing Mike Glennon at quarterback. Hmm, that's a good point. Um... We'll have to see. 
crazier things have happened, but still, I, I like that point a lot. Um, Daniel Jones can get it done with his legs, but he's kind of like Taylor Heineke in the sense that you don't want him to have to run as much as he is. No, you, you kind of drafted somebody for running. Who's actually been fairly okay, but if they had a better O-line, Saquon Barkley would be so much better. Trade him for Zeke one for one. See what happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Somehow <laughs> I that trade happens. All right. We'll, we'll take our last break before we wrap up on the other side. Welcome back to Two Dudes Football. I'm Ryan Pulsiver alongside Wyatt Fairman. We kind of already did this. Um, <laughs> I know. Just, it just feels right. I, I haven't done it this year. I wanted, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it this way. <laughs> I missed it. You missed it. You're salty that I, I started this episode and you didn't. No, I'm not salty about anything. I just I just needed to get one in. Someone sounds salty. Okay, where are we at? The 49ers and the Cardinals. Ooh. Is it weird that I'm taking the 49ers in an upset? Uh, it's not weird, but you're going to be wrong. Probably, yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Listen, I'm I'm okay with throwing a few picks away in every week. I'm fine. I'm fine with being bold. Yeah, because you know you're going to catch up. Yeah, first week is just allowing me to just do whatever, and then I'm giving you a little head start. You know, four and zero Cardinals team. Cliff Kingsbury is turning out to be a very good coach. This is their longest win streak since 2015. Ryan. They've not won four games in a row since 2015. I feel like that statement's a little less unimpressive in football because that's still a quarter of your season. Back then it was a full quarter. Now it's like just under a quarter. I won't give them too much flack for that. They haven't really, had, they haven't really had a roster to do it except for maybe last year. Kingsbury has, what can I say? He has done a very good job so far. Mm-hmm. The, you see, I'm trying to determine... The identity of this Cardinals team, though, because this gives off vibes of a team from many moons ago. Think about the Kansas City Chiefs for a moment. Think about them losing to New England in the AFC Championship game. So not not them losing to the Buccaneers, right? Not them losing to the Buccaneers. I'm talking it's, many moons ago. I think where Tom Brady, right? So you know, I wasn't sure. Yeah, 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 but AFC Championship game, not Super Bowl. Okay, okay, I'm with you now. Just wanted to make funny a little bit. Uh, yeah, it, it, that was nice of you. Um, 20, I think it was 18? Yes. Well, it would have been the 19 season, because 18, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21 was last year. New England wins against the Rams in the worst Super Bowl ever, but before that, they had to beat Kansas City in the game, which they totally chew that. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Chiefs lost. But that was a very, 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 very good Chiefs game. Chiefs team that was hosting the AFC Championship game for the first time in years. Like, think about it. This Cardinals team, 4-0. They have the potential to be really, 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 really good just to kind of swept from under their feet like do you do you get that vibe do you know what i'm saying i know i'm kind of stuttering as i say this but still do, do you understand what i'm getting at 
are you suggesting that this team is like close to a collapse? Not right now, not by any means. I think they'll make even a playoff run, but I don't see them being a team right now that has the experience to get through the playoffs the way they need to. I I mean, here's the thing. If they go to the playoffs, you know Larry's signing with them. So they'll have AJ Green and Larry. That's that's experience right there. Ah. Guys like no, but I mean like guys like JJ Water on the team. Like there there are a lot of like there's definitely a lot of young guys, but I think you look at some of the leaders on the Cardinals. I think that to say that there's not enough experience, it well to be honest, it's a loaded question because the definition of what is enough experience is one that I've always really struggled to answer. Because it's, you know, like it's such an a random line, but I mean you look at some of the names they have here. They definitely have some names like Chandler Jones on defense. They have names with a lot of experience. I, I don't know that this team, I think they could do it. It doesn't mean I think they will do it, but I'm not too worried about experience holding these guys back. I'm, uh, other than Kingsbury, him, or Kingsbury himself, I think they can pull it off. That aside, this week, the 4-0 Cardinals will probably absolutely take over against the 49ers, and I hate to say it, but it'll be a rude awakening call for Trey Lance, who has definitely earned his spot as a starting quarterback, I'd say. Um, I'm kind of neutral in his starting. I still think it's too early. I think he's too... I, I really wouldn't have started him this year, certainly not against a team who's played as well as the Cardinals have. Yeah, it's kind of telling about where, you, where you're at with Garoppolo. And more news about the 49ers themselves. Wanting Tom Brady, or rather um, Tom Brady wanting to go to San Francisco as released in a new book, apparently. But the 49ers were a party that wasn't quite as interested, saying that they got someone who was better. His protege, Garoppolo, who took them to Super Bowl 54 just to lose my chiefs so here we are a little bit of drama at this point nothing crazy nothing jacksonville level just a little bit of tea so to say and now we have them playing the four no cardinals I, I see cardinals taking advantage of that and winning i just my main argument against the cardinals and it's, it's kind of a dumb argument but it's also kind of not whenever you see a winning streak like this end it's never when you expect it to be. You know what I mean? It's always kind of just like an, oh, it was you. Okay. Like, I just feel like you're never ready for the streak to end. And at some point, it has to. And I feel like this is one of those games where you don't really expect it. And that's exactly why it'll happen. Well... And that brings us to our second-to-last game. Let's go Monday Night Football before we talk Sunday Night Football. Ravens hosting the Colts. I'm taking Ravens. Carson Wentz hasn't been brutal this year, which, I mean, good for him. I was kind of expecting him to be. But that Colts team really isn't great. Not terrible, but they're not great. Yeah, I agree, but I do think this is a game that we could put on watch for just Indianapolis p- pulling something off and winning the game. That 
I have the Ravens. I have Lamar Jackson taking over the run game and a defense in Indianapolis, which isn't supposed to be bad, but they're just not playing lights out. Um, quick reminder, Indianapolis, are you kind of getting irrelevant vibes from them right now? Yeah, I, I am. Because they're not a bad team. They're just so... And, like, they don't have any real marketable stars. They have stars. Quentin Nelson's a star, but let's be real. We all know how this league works. You don't market offensive linemen. It doesn't work. There's just nothing to make this team stand out. Well, I think uh, the Ravens are a good pick here. Monday Night Football, kind of. It's a game that's like you'd watch it because it's football. And unless you had a strong rooting interest, you, you would just watch it because it was football, you know? Basically, it should be competitive enough. And I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in Wentz, but that's probably going to be your best case scenario. And speaking of competitive enough, you have the Kansas City Chiefs playing for the first time since last year's AFC Championship game. The Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs smelling blood in the water, Kansas City trying to row out of that water and back into the wind column once again to improve to three and two. May I remind you that the Bills are sitting at three and one and the Chiefs at two and two. Therefore, if the Chiefs win, these two teams have a tied record, which may actually have better playoff implications than you would initially think. But this Bills team has been absolutely lights out as of late. And it's going to be really, really hard. A good, good challenge for this Chiefs team to overcome. Ryan, what do you think? I think a team like the Chiefs finds ways to win. I think when you have talent like the Chiefs, eventually you will win. I think the Chiefs win. I think it's probably an offensive shootout. But I, I don't know. It's weird. I just I feel like the Chiefs are due for something. And you know that they're all probably a little bit annoyed with how this year has gone so far. And I think they take it out on Buffalo. You know, I'm not going to say Buffalo's a bad team. Because oh, they're good. They're, they are a good team. But I want to just point something out to you really quickly. Remember we picked the Steelers to beat the Broncos earlier? Yeah, I try not to think about that team, but I do. Do you, do you remember why we picked the Steelers? Um, my argument was because it feels like a game they'll win to go above 500 because they've won three games, including in week one. Yeah. Uh, the team the Steelers beat in week one was the Bills. Who, by the way, the Steelers really had no business winning that game. No, by no means. I, I would have picked the Bills week one to win, but instead they were 0-1. Now they won three straight. And people say that this is a really, really good Bills offense. And it is. They're playing really well. But keep in mind that they are averaging 39.3 points a game against the following teams. Miami, Washington, and Houston. To be fair, Washington's defense was supposed to be good. 
supposed to be isn't the same as good. But here mm-hmm. we see another detail added to the plot line, the absolutely atrocious run defense of Kansas City. I mean, even their linebackers haven't been playing great. Granted, it's a young linebacker core. But this is Sunday night. This is big time. And now the Chiefs are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, It's how, how do you pick for a game like this, Ryan? Uh, flip a coin? I mean, people don't – what's going to end up happening likely is one team will probably end up blowing out the other. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, because on on paper, Chiefs' defense has been terrible. Bills' offense has been crazy. Oh, that's a recipe for success. But not necessarily because the one team they lost to isn't that good of a Steelers team. And since then, you've only played teams that we all predicted to lose. Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point. The Chiefs just... For comparison, they actually beat the Ravens and the Browns while finding ways. No, no, no. The Ravens beat them. Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, no, we didn't beat the Ravens. I'm just so used to the Chiefs beating the Ravens that I forgot. That's what it was. Um, they lost close ones to the Ravens and the Chargers. And yeah, they gave up 30 points to Philly, but it didn't really feel like they gave up 30 points to Philly. Chiefs have probably been better than a two and two team. I'm not sure how much better, but I don't know. I, I definitely feel like this game could be an offensive blowout. Well, let me just go ahead and highlight what the Chiefs have upcoming. Washington, Tennessee, New York Giants. Those are their next games after week five. Feasibly, you win this game, and you're looking at a realistic shot at going six and two before you play, oh, this is rough, the Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys. Man, if we said that was going to be a rough three last season, we would have gotten some real question marks for the end of us. <laughs> you got that right. And even the remainder of their schedule, I mean, you're looking at a Chiefs team that does not have the easiest of schedules. And as a Chiefs fan, I'm looking at it and going, well, all these could be coin flips. But it's really, really hard to pick a team that still, despite these struggles, has that attack at any moment. Steve Irwin type attitude, you know? Bit of an odd comparison, but yes. Well, you know, it could attack at any moment, would say the the late, great Steve Irwin. And this is a Chiefs team that literally can do just that. And I'm trying to keep bias out of it to the best of my ability, but I would expect an offensive blowout for Sunday night football. Not blowout, but like back and forth. Yeah, Um, a high-scoring. A high-scoring affair. And I see the Chiefs coming out on top. I'm with you. I'm pretty much with you all the way on that one. And it's not one you would meet on paper. You would probably think Bills. And watching how the teams have played lately, you would probably pick Bills. But this is this is an instance where you look at 
difficulty of schedule. And even the Titans game will be hard for the Chiefs. They're always a wild card when they play each other. But you have a chance to feasibly go six and two and then go six and five before you head into your bye. This this is interesting. This is a really, really interesting position to be in if you're Kansas City, but it all starts by proving who you are and winning this week against Buffalo. And that, I think we've done every team. You did pick Chiefs, to be sure, right? Yes. One last tidbit about Kansas City and Buffalo. All right. This is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. And I started out this whole thing by saying, Stephon Diggs, he smells blood in the water. This is going to be a hard-fought game by both teams. And I, if I have Stephon Diggs on my roster, I am starting him fantasy no matter what. This is motivation probably like we've not seen out of a wide receiver in some time. I would say just watch this game and enjoy. That's all I really know to say right now. But watch the game and enjoy. And go Chiefs. Hey, I got out that last little bit on the end. Yeah, you, you just have to. And now with that, I, I'm trying to think we've missed anything. I really don't think we have. No, I feel like we've done a fairly good job of covering all these teams. You know, uh, we certainly missed out. First four weeks were an issue for us scheduling and getting college sorted out. Um, but here we are, and two dudes football is back. And I think the tradition, as old as time itself, to pick a free shout out might be in order. I would agree. I defer to the Canadian first. Ooh, I did not think of one of these ahead of time. I never do. I don't know if you've ever noticed. I never, ever in my life plan it out. Um, I guess what I would say, give me a moment to clear my throat here. I'm going to shout out my radio television journalism class. Because... We're just a group of wonderful individuals. Uh, It's it's that simple, to be honest. It's just a good group of kids and adults who are going at this with the best of our intentions, and we're doing the best we can. We're coming up with some cool stuff, doing stuff that, you know, we didn't necessarily expect to be doing, and we're doing it all with a smile on our face. So I couldn't pick a better group of people to be stuck with, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm I guess I have to send them the link to this show now once it drops, don't I? I I, I can't just shout them out and not tell them. So, hello, RTJ students who have actually listened to this far, which will probably be like two of you. Well, you know, seems like a waste of a shout out to me, but who am I to judge? Um, (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I like that shit. Everyone in my class will now trash you in the group chat. I hope you understand. <laughs> We've done it before, and we're going to do it again, and you will be the target. That is hilarious. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. I was just joking. I'm glad that y'all listen, and I'm glad that we have all our listeners, and that's actually called Cop Out Answer. That's my free shout-out. Start a season uh, two. 
start of season two. We, we got to give credit where credit is due. Let's go to the fans. Thank you to our listeners. We averaged about 25 to 30 listeners per episode last year, and we hope to just keep on growing. Start of season two is here. And again, we apologize for all the background sound, uh, all the clanking, cluttery sounds coming from Ryan's background. Um, I have no apologies. That's on Ryan to feel remorseful. But uh, as far as you know, me recording from college and any hallway noise you may have heard, it, it's difficult, but we're going to get it done. And we appreciate your patience. We're, we're still setting stuff up by the day. Like We're still kind of... I don't have a space to actually do this. So I kind of just go wherever my house is empty. And that only works so well. I mean, you're in college, so, you know, there's only so much you can do when people are outside doing whatever. That's, it's the funny thing about being just the two dudes is because it's great and that we don't necessarily have to speak with this air of authority on anything. But it also makes production so much harder. <laughs> makes it so much more complicated because we don't necessarily know what we're doing in the way that the professionals do. Not yet. But... I think that's also why you listen to us. Maybe you listen to us for the weird sounds that still come from Ryan's end of the mic. Maybe you listen to us because you like it when I make terrible, bold takes, such as the Dallas Cowboys are a top three team in football. Maybe, just maybe, you listen to us because you trust our opinion. Quite frankly, I don't care if you trust my opinion or not, and I would, not speaking for Ryan, but I think he would feel the same. We're just glad you listen as a whole and that you support the message of this podcast, and maybe we brightened your day just a little bit. Nope, I care. I'm always right, and I would like to be respected as such. Give me my credit and my Oscars and my Emmys. And on that note, Ryan, we are two dudes. Out.